0: Welcome to the podcast of the Vine Church in Fullerton, California. For more information, visit the Vineoc.com. Well, hey, good morning again to everyone streaming with us online. Again, we're just so glad you could join us this morning, wherever you are, wherever you're locked down, wherever you're sheltering in place. Uh, I'm at home right now, and perhaps I'll share a bit more about why that is a little later. But these are strange times and unprecedented times, but we just want to let you know, church family, that we love you, that we're thinking about you, that we're praying for you, but we're just so glad we could all gather together this morning. Uh, and we do really believe that even though we are separated physically right now, that even now God wants to meet with us personally. And we're gonna look at God's Word together right now because we truly believe that God wants to speak to us today through His word, that He wants to encourage us, that He wants to lift us up. And so I invite if you have a Bible, you could turn to the book of Ephesians chapter five, and if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's toward the back of your Bible, Ephesians chapter five, and we're looking today at verses eight through 20. It says this, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Wherever you are right now, I invite you to join me in prayer as we come to God's word. Father, we thank you so much that you're with us that in these challenging times, that in these confusing times, that we can come to you and that we can know your presence and your peace and your power. And so, Father, as we come to your word right now, we pray that you would speak, that you would encourage us, that you would comfort us, and that you would speak and give us your clarity about what you're calling us to in this moment. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Ansley and I have a little retirement account and of course it's much smaller now than it was about a month ago, but a couple weeks ago our stockbroker reached out and he sent me an email and in this email was a PDF and and so I took a look and I was scrolling through this PDF and there's something uh, in this in particular that, that really stood out to me and what it was was a chart depicting different cycles in the stock market. Now just just to be clear, I'm not here to give you financial advice. I'll tie this to the passage in a moment. But there is a chart, and you can put the slide up. And on the left-hand side of this chart, it depicts the upward cycle in the stock market, what's known as the bull cycle. And you'll see how it starts with optimism and moves to excitement, then to thrill, and eventually to euphoria. And of course, that's where we've been in the stock market in recent months prior to COVID-19. But then in the center of this chart, you see what happens when there's a shift and the market begins to move downward in what is called a bearish cycle. And it shows how euphoria eventually gives way to anxiety, uh, which for a time leads to denial, but then eventually leads to fear, then desperation, then panic, and eventually to despondency and depression. Now, I'm a pastor, and so as soon as I saw this, I thought, you know, this isn't just about the stock market. This is about life. Like, this is about where we are right now. This kind of roller coaster that we've been on as a nation. But one thing in particular about this slide caught my attention, and it's this little red box that you'll see on the slide, on the right-hand slide, and it contains these two powerful words. Maximum opportunity maximum opportunity, and the point of the slide is that in the moment of depression and despondency, when everything looks bleak, that that is actually the moment of maximal opportunity. Now, I can't speak with any authority on the stock market that's way above my pay grade, but here's what I can tell you about the moment we're in as a culture. In this moment of crisis that is COVID-19, there is an opportunity before us. In this moment of crisis, there is an opportunity before us. Amidst the challenges we face, and they're very real, but amidst all the challenges and disruptions and fear and anxiety, that there is actually an opportunity before us. And so the question for us as followers of Jesus is, what is the opportunity? What is the opportunity. And I I don't mean that in an opportunistic sense. I'm not talking about hoarding Purell and trying to, you know, sell that on eBay at inflated prices. No, what I'm asking is what is the opportunity that God is uniquely making available to us in this moment? What is his invitation for us in this time? That's what I want to explore together today. So we're gonna take a look at this passage from uh, Ephesians chapter five, and this is actually a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in the city of Ephesus in the first century, and so we're we're picking it up in chapter five, and in particular, I want you to notice this wake-up call that Paul gives to the church in Ephesus. Verses 15 through 16, He, he says this, "'Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but is wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. So notice this word, opportunity. That Paul is saying that God gives us opportunities and that he wants us therefore to be mindful of what these are and not to miss them. And the word that's translated here is opportunity is also translated in some translations as time and in Greek it's the, it's the word kairos, and, and there are actually two words in Greek uh, for, for, that are for time and not just ones, and, and they're the words chronos and kairos. Now chronos is, is where we get our word chronology from, and what this refers to is time as a sequence of seconds and minutes and hours, and, and this is the kind of time you find when you look at a clock or on your watch. But kairos, on the other hand, is a bit harder to translate because what this speaks of is time in the sense of a particular moment of time, or in the sense of an opportunity or an opportune time. So, to get a sense of the kairos time, you don't look at your clock. What you would do instead, actually, you might look at the news, you might get a prophetic sense from the Lord. Uh, just for example, kairos is used by Paul in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, when he says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. You see, that's time in the sense of opportunity or opportune moment when when God was decisively acting in history. So all of that by way of backdrop to help you see that when Paul says that we are to be making the most of every opportunity, what's behind that is this idea that God is at work in human history and that there are opportunities that he places before us at key moments in time. The New Bible Dictionary says this it says, the Bible thus stresses not the abstract continuity of time, but rather the God given content of certain moments of history. And friends, I believe that this is such a time, that this isn't merely a chronos moment, that this is actually a kairos moment that we find ourselves in as a culture, that this is a time that although it is filled with great challenges, that is also filled at the very same time with great opportunity. So I believe that this word from Paul to the first century church at Ephesus couldn't come at a better time for the 21st century church in Orange County and America amidst the great disruptions that we're all experiencing in our lives, there's also great opportunity. And so here's the question I'd like to explore together in the time we have left. If our lives are all on lockdown right now, at least in California, we are at -at stay-at-home orders. If our lives are all at lockdown, what is the opportunity that Jesus has for us in this? What is God's invitation for us in this time? Well, I think there are probably many, but today I want to share with you four opportunities that, that I sense that our, our pastoral team senses that God has for us as a congregation in this moment. And these, again, these may shift over time, but this is our sense of, of four key opportunities that we have in this moment. I'll be I'll be honest, this first one caught me off guard. I am a doer by nature. I am a worker. I am a getter-dunner. Slowing down is hard for me. But as we prayed this past week as a pastoral staff team, the first invitation we sensed from the Lord was actually to rest, to rest. Now let's just think for a moment about why that might actually make sense. So we live in a culture of hurry and overload and exhaustion. Most people I know here in Southern California have little to no margin in their lives running from event to event. And even when we're not working, i found that so often we're still busy uh, through digital distraction, maybe binging on news or online streaming or fill in the blank. So, so, so perhaps it's not surprising that one of the things that God might be calling us into in this moment is actually rest. As I was praying this past week, I really felt like I heard the Lord say to me just in that still small voice, rest, be still and know that I am God, and that's actually from Psalm 46, verse 10. But I I really believe that this is part of God's call for us as a congregation in this time, that in the season of Lent, which is a season of lockdown for us here in California, uh, I, I really believe that God is calling us to hit the pause button on the franticness of our lives. Now, I know for some of us, That is easier said than done, right? Some of us were trying to figure out homeschooling amidst telecommuting to work, and so this might not be as easy as it sounds. It can get complicated, and I totally understand that. And so for each of us, this, this might look differently, but I believe that there's still an invitation for us in this time, an opportunity for slowing down, for rest, and for quiet. Another scripture that's come to mind recently is Psalm 127, where it says, the Lord gives rest those whom he loves. You see, God actually wants you to experience rest, that that is actually a good thing that he wants for you. And when we neglect that, that can lead to all, all sorts of problems. Just on a physical level, that can lead to exhaustion, which so many of us struggle with. On a spiritual level, however, if our lives are just crammed with constant activity, how will we ever be able to hear the voice of God? How will we ever learn to abide in the presence of God? Unless we be still and know that he is God. Now it's been said that in the West that we are money rich but time poor. uh, Meaning that we tend to have a lot of money at least with comparison to a lot of other parts of the world. But in comparison we have very little time. But for now perhaps the first time in a long time for many of us we maybe have less money but more time. And and so here's the question for us in all this. What will you do with your time? Will you pause? Will you slow down? Will you take time to rest? Will you take time to be still and know that he is God? Now, if I'm just totally honest, I I, I found myself struggling at times uh, recently with just some false guilt. Uh, Right now, if I'm not like constantly on mission, Just because, I mean, there's so much need out in the world right now. There's so much to do. But I believe that one of the things that God wants to teach us in this time is that, as it says in Zechariah chapter 4, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. That in this time of lockdown, that this is actually an opportunity for us to grow in our trust in Jesus Christ. And one of the ways that that will happen is if we actually allow ourselves to rest. Now, by saying that, that's not to the exclusion of a mission, but what I'm saying is that this is something that rest should be a part of our life amidst a life on mission. We can't always be on the go, or we will never be able to sustain this life. I once actually recently heard John Mark Comer say that one way to think about the coronavirus shutdown is as a kind of forced Sabbath. Now, if you know the Bible very well, you're, you're probably aware that one of the Big Ten, one of the Ten Commandments is, is to, to keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath day. In other words, to observe a day of rest and, and to keep that holy. Now, unfortunately for so many of us, I, I know that we don't do that. And, and, and for many of us, it's not even on our radar. Just our, our American culture has habituated us just to so much busyness and, and activity. But I just want to point out that, that that is to our detriment. And regardless of whether or not you think that the Sabbath is a, a sort of a binding Obligation on all of us, or not in this new covenant. Uh, regardless, I believe that keeping it and and and, and observing Sabbath is something that is, is 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 for our good. And when we when we don't do that, it is to our detriment. So, just for example, to purely uh, scientific level, we know that of course that when we just run, 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 go, 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 and we never rest, never recover. That that will actually lead to our our bodies, like our immune systems, getting worn down. Uh, which, of course, in this time is way more dangerous than ever. And, and so part of the invitation here is actually to steward our physical bodies in this time through rest, which uh, is, is, again, more important than ever before. Uh, just, to, just to share personally, the past few weeks, uh, I've been struggling with either bronchitis or low-level pneumonia off and on for about three weeks. Uh, and as I prayed this this past week I, I, I really felt like I heard the Lord's telling me to rest and so again that's hard for me there's a lot of need there's a lot to do uh, but I actually allow myself to get a little bit more sleep and I ask some friends to pray for me and, and thank God that I'm now for at least since Wednesday night I've been doing so much better and so I just share that as a bit of a testimony of of the importance of rest and, and again I, I really do think that this is something that, that God is calling us into in this time. Now of course some of, some of you are, are on the front lines you may be a doctor, you may be a nurse, you may be working in a critical sector that is essential for keeping this country going right now. And so if, if that's where you are, then then this invitation might look a little different for you. This might be harder for you in this time. And so I just want to say that we understand that and, and that I just want to also say that we're praying for you, that we are so thankful for what you're doing right now. And so thank you. We, we, we just We're praying for you. God will bless you and just lift you up in this time. But for those of us who are in lockdown, I believe that God is giving us an opportunity right now for margin and and sleep and, and rest, uh, and, and, and really a time for even quiet prayer and, and reflection. And I'll say a bit more about that in a moment. But one last thought on this, and and, and I just I, I just kind of I have a hunch, and it's that I, I really suspect that one of the reasons that God is calling our congregation to rest right now is because i believe there will come a time in the coming weeks when he said it's when he says it's time to roll The experts uh, I'm reading are saying that the peak of this crisis is still at least two weeks away, if not several weeks away here in California. And so for those of us who are healthy and who are not at risk, I really suspect that there will come a time when God will summon us sometime in the coming weeks to be much more proactive, and we already are in various ways, but will be calling us to be even more proactive in the care of our cities and our communities. And I don't know what that looks like yet, but again, my, my hunch is that not only is this invitation of rest good in and of itself, but I also think this this will be important to prepare us for what God has in store. And so I just wanna share that sense with you uh, this morning. But the first sense of invitation amidst this crisis is to slowing down and to rest. And again, that is good in and of itself, but when we slow down, we're actually creating space for something else. And this brings us to our second sense of opportunity, and it's this to seek God in this time. To not only rest, but to seek God in this context of slowing down, to seek God in this time. Now, to tie this to the passage uh, we're looking at, one of the ways Paul fleshes out making the most of every opportunity is in verse 18, where he says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Now being filled with the Spirit is a matter of being filled with God. And so this is a relational reality. and how that happens is as we press in into our relationship with Him. And Paul is making clear by using an exhortation here that this is something that is not automatic. In other words, that we have a part to play in this, that there's an invitation here for us to actually press into that relationship. With God. If you've never entered into a relationship with God, I want to give you an opportunity at the end of this message to do so. But for those of us who do have a relationship of trust and love and faith in Jesus Christ, that the invitation is to actually seek God in this time, to grow in that relationship. Now, I said a couple weeks ago that I think it would be the greatest tragedy, or at least one of the greatest tragedies in human history, if the only thing that the church could say in this time is that we spent two months on Stake, binging on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Disney Plus or whatever your streaming service of choice is, that that would be like the greatest tragedy because in this time, I believe, God is giving us a unique opportunity to draw closer to Him where maybe we don't have to commute or maybe uh, we have a little bit of a simpler schedule. We're not maybe, uh, my wife's not leading Girl Scouts right now, that there's actually an opportunity for us to actually press into God, to seek him in this time. And in Paul's language, that's the wise way, not just to pass the time, but to redeem the time, as some of the translations of this passage put it. Now, going back just a few verses, in verse 14, Paul issues sort of a wake-up call to this church at Ephesus, and he says this. He says, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And I believe that one of the things that God is doing in this moment in our nation is that he is actually waking people up to him. Uh, about a year ago, I went on a walk, a, a wonderful walk with my friend John, and we were talking and he was kind of just asking how things are going. And I was just sharing with him that, you know, it's 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 been a real challenge as a church planter in Southern California, at least in our particular area because it's, it's felt like the spiritual soil has been just very hard in the sense that just in so many conversations I've had with people, just there's just so much spiritual apathy or indifference and not even so much hostility, but just like utter indifference, like everything else is more important than God. And, and so he, he made the comment that, you know, maybe it's going to take some sort of crisis to kind of get people's attention. And I said, you, you may be right. I hope not, but you may be right. But friends, I I just have to say that that is what I see happening in our nation in this moment. It's amazing, a few days ago, an article appeared in the Wall Street Journal titled, A Coronavirus Great Awakening? And the author begins by talking about how after World War II in our nation, in America, there was like a great spiritual vitality that developed, but he, he argues that that was no coincidence. He says, I'll just kind of read some quotes to you from this article. He says, quote, Those who survived the war had to grapple with the kinds of profound questions that only arise in the aftermath of calamity. Americans chastened by the horrors of war turned to faith in search of truth and meaning. Some would later call this a third great awakening. And he goes on to observe. Today, the world faces another moment of cataclysm. Though less devastating than World War II, the pandemic has remade everyday life and wrecked the global economy in a way that feels apocalyptic. He says the experience is new and disorienting. Life had been deceptively easy until now. We've been able to float through an anomalous world of air conditioning, 911 call centers, acetaminophen, and pocket-sized computers containing nearly the sum of human knowledge. In this context, he says, and listen to this, he says, in this context, God became irrelevant. God became irrelevant for so many people in our culture. But he goes on to say, the pandemic has humbled the country and opened millions of eyes to this risky universe once more. And finally, he says, and and this is tweetable, so if you're on Twitter, get ready. (laughs) Finally, he says, great struggle can produce great clarity. Great struggle can produce great clarity. And Friends, we are facing a great struggle in this moment, but God wants to use this to bring great in your life great clarity about what really matters most and what that is is him that he is the one that we are to love above all else the bible says that that there's no one like him that there's none beside him that none can compare with him and so he is inviting us he is calling to us in this time to not only be awakened but then through that to draw near to him to draw near him and I'm just re- reminded right now of a moment. I, I grew up in the church uh, but when I uh, hit high school I kind of wandered away and did my prodigal tour of duty as I sometimes refer to it. But my, my first year at Cal Poly I remember one, one night in, in the dorms I just had this sense uh, of just that wow the sense of how far away I had wandered from God. I'm just wondering if there may be some of you watching right now maybe you know God but you've wandered from him and this in this time and he's actually calling you back to himself and you can turn to him you can return to him today he is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and rich in love and he would love nothing more than to embrace you into his arms this morning but the invitation for all of us is to draw near to god draw near to god by the way if you don't know like what does that even look like well a couple months ago i preached a sermon called discipleship essentials how to pray it's on our podcast, it's on our website, it's on Google Play, it's on our Apple podcast. And so I invite you to check that out. If you could use some tracks to run on in that. I also uh, preach a sermon on how to read the Bible. So uh, those are some, it's a, it's a resource I encourage you to check out if that's where you are. But just to sum this up, the, the second opportunity for us in this time is to seek God. Now the next two points are shorter. Uh, the third opportunity is this, connection. To press into connection with others. Now, there's, there's a phrase that appears in this passage from Ephesians chapter 5, and it says one another, and that is a phrase that appears throughout the Bible as a significant phrase. But here in verse 19, it says this, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Now, Paul's instruction here presupposes is that we are living in connection with the body of Christ. In other words, with other followers of Jesus. So that's the only way you can live out these one another passages, is if there is another in your life, in your spheres of relationships that you're connected with. Now, in our culture of uh, hyper-individualism, uh, I truly believe that this moment of disruption is actually an opportunity for us to actually deepen our relational connections, to actually grow in community. And I realize that that might seem counterintuitive at first in this time of social distancing, but as I heard a doctor point out on TV recently, that social distancing need not mean isolation. And actually, the point isn't even about social distancing, the point to, 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 to slow the spread of this virus is actually physical distancing, but there's no limitation on what we can do socially. And so I just invite us to really lean in to relationship, to community, to connection, in this time. And my my hope is, what if we got actually more connected through this crisis than we were even pre-COVID-19? Wouldn't that be amazing? I actually think that that's, that's God's invitation for us. And I'm actually starting to see this just in little ways. I know there are many families who are starting to spend more time together. Families have been kind of running on parallel tracks, but are starting to spend more time together. For example, uh, my own family. I, I Just in this moment, I've been able to be more present with my wife and my daughters, and it's been a wonderful thing. Uh, and I still want to grow in this, but, uh, you know, my girls, they're not at school, so they're at home, and I'm at home more because I don't have meetings out and about. And so the other day, I, I uh, poked my head in my girls' room, and I said, Girls, hey, um, could we maybe play Barbie sometime? And uh, their eyes got big and they were like, yes! And they were so excited about that. So what we did is we had a Barbie dance party. It was so fun, it was so cool. I got to dance with the Ken doll and we just had a blast. But all that just to illustrate that there's there's an opportunity here. I've heard of some families, like extended families doing like like, I don't know, like 30 people or more on like a big Zoom call to connect. Uh, And even for those of us who live alone, I I believe there's an opportunity here to check in with others, to, to make calls, to send texts, maybe to reach out to family you haven't talked to in a while, maybe to reach out to an old friend, but to be intentional in relationship. There is such an opportunity for us in this time. Last week we launched Uh, online small groups. We already have seven up and running. I'm just so excited about that. I I, I pray we'll have even more in the days ahead. And and so really, we invite you just to step in. And and if you've been waiting for a personal invitation to one of these small groups, I just want to say I personally invite you to sign up for one of our online small groups. Uh, We would love to have you join us uh, because we really need each other in this time, now more than ever, I read just just a sobering article this past week describing how the calls to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline actually skyrocketed 300% the prior week. And so that just underscores the need we have for each other in this time and the opportunity we have as the church to surround people with community to surround people with love and to help them know that they are not alone and if you're listening right now if you're struggling i just want you to hear me that you are not alone that we're with you in this we want to fight with you we want to fight for you and so we just invite you though to really lean in with us to connection to community because we want to be there for you i'm reminded of something i saw in the news the other night i think it was in new york city where Uh, A number of people were hanging out their apartment windows on lockdown, but they're singing, lean on me. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. That is the invitation, friends. We need each other in this time. So may we lean in to connection. May we step in, not step over, but step in to connection. And through that, we're going to experience life. I so believe we're going to experience grace. We're going to experience God's power work among us as we step in together. So that's the third invitation. The final invitation uh, in this time, and really this kind of flows as we step into connection, there's another opportunity that comes with that. And what that is, is the opportunity to pray for others. The opportunity to pray for others. Now, there are a lot of passages in the Bible that talk about this. Paul said that we are to pray without ceasing, James, it says if, you know, if anyone is sick, let them come and, and for, for people in the church to lay hands and pray in them. Obviously we can't lay hands unless it's a family member in this time, but we can pray for healing. Uh, Jesus taught us to pray that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done on earth as it is in, in heaven and so we are instructed throughout scripture to pray and, and in particular for others. And I know that sometimes it might feel like prayer isn't accomplishing anything But I I truly believe that in this moment, one of the most powerful things we can do is actually to pray, to press into prayer. James actually said that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So I just want to, before we close, I just want to share a couple stories to illustrate how we're already seeing this in this moment, how we're seeing prayer, God at work through prayer in this moment. Last week I received uh, our weekly, uh, for those of us uh, who are part of a a kind of an email intercessors group at church, and if you want to join that you can just email hello at divineoc.com where where prayer requests are sent to this prayer team once a week, and, and our friend Jeanette was part of our church that she had developed palsy and she shared that uh, half of her 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 head and her face was 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 significantly impacted and so she asked for prayer because she knew that the medication that she might take she would react adversely to it so she was asking for prayer that god heal her uh and, and so she didn't have to risk any complications with medication and so we prayed and then i found out the next day that she'd been healed without treatment, without medication, that God had healed her, that he had answered that prayer. And so so I'm just so just encouraged by that. And I, and I hope you're encouraged by that as well. Another story, this one is, is a little closer to home. And and uh, this past Sunday, my wife, uh, Ansley, uh, developed a fever. And then on Monday, her breathing became impacted, uh, significantly impacted. And, and later in the day, it got so bad that she would get winded even just from talking. So obviously we were very concerned at that point. And, we called the doctor and she said if that continues that, that, that she would need to go to the ER. Uh, of course, we were both concerned that she might have COVID-19, so I texted a bunch of people to pray and people responded immediately. I got texts from people saying they're dropping on their knees in that moment. Uh, and just a, I noticed a chorus of prayer went up, and, and as they were praying, Angelina and I both really felt so strongly God's presence with us, and I can't tell you what that meant. But the most amazing thing happened because in less than it was about half an hour that her breathing dramatically improved, dramatically improved to such a an extent that at one point she said, I, "I think I almost I might feel normal again," and and so of course we didn't have to go to the arb and and but friends that is the mercy of God, is God's grace and mercy. But I, what I want you to see that that was an answer. prayer and i've heard other stories this past week if i had more time i would share them of ways that even people in the church have been you know calling on the phone or texting prayers that actually god's been showing up and meeting people in lockdown that we might be in lockdown but god is not that he's actually at work and he wants to meet you wherever you are today he wants to meet you he wants to minister to you in your place of need and so really one of the invitations for us in this time is actually to press in to prayer to pray for others And so just to wrap this up, I'm going to land this plane. But what I want you to hear today is that amidst all the great challenges that are in front of us in this moment, that there's also great opportunity. But to step into that, what that means for us practically is that we are going to have to sort of steer our life away from passivity, away from distraction, away from just drifting spiritually, and to really take ownership of our life before God, and and specifically in this time, we believe, again, that we are being called as a congregation into rest, into seeking God, into connection, and also into praying for others, for not only for ourselves and our families and our loved ones, but whoever God might lead you to pray for. And so I just encourage you and just everyone listening, I just encourage you to ask God, God, what does this invitation look like for me today? I invite you to join me in prayer. Father, we thank you that you know where each one of us is today, that you don't just know our GPS coordinates, but you actually know how we are and what we're struggling with today. And so I I pray, Father, that you would meet each person listening now in their place, place of need, that you would comfort them with your presence, that they would know that they are not alone That they are part of a bigger family even if they just found us online that they are invited into a new family and that you are with them that you are for them god and i just pray also that you would give each of us clarity about the opportunity before us and even a sense of expectation for what you're going to do in this time but lord would you lead each of us closer to you deeper in you that we might be prepared for whatever you call us to in the weeks and days and months ahead we offer you these things in Jesus' name, amen, amen. One of the things we do each week here at The Divine is that we pray the Lord's Prayer together when we worship, and this is actually something that Christians have done since the earliest days of the church when they gather together. And so I invite you to join me. The words will be on the screen to join me in praying this prayer together. So let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come,